You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. In today's episode, we are recovering the coaches of on the couch from last week, where Coach Philip, Coach Kevin, and Coach John discuss why would you like to spend five hours on the turbo. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have fun. Good evening, good afternoon, and uh, welcome to today's episode of Coach to the Couch, the first one back in 2022. And uh, today I'm joined by uh, Kevin and John, and we're going to be talking to you about why would you want to spend five hours on the turbo, essentially, kind of going long on the turbo, uh, which is definitely something we see uh, with athletes as they start moving into the sort of springtime of the year. Uh, they start kind of putting in longer rides, maybe on the turbo or, or otherwise. So um, we're going to try and discuss that topic and have a look at what the benefits are, why you'd want to do it in the first place, and uh, some thoughts and top tips as well about uh, what to consider if you're going to go and go go longer and longer on the uh, on the turbo. So uh, let's uh, let's kick things off, and we can we can kind of admit to how long we've actually spent on the turbo. So what is what do we personally define as a long time on the turbo? Go on then, uh, John. What's your your longest? Yeah, hi everyone. I do do I do a lot of my training indoors. Um, personally, I, I use a mixture of Zwift and Trainer Road. I'm trying to think of the longest I've ever been on there. It's probably around three three and a half hours. Um, but I would consider anything over two hours as, as definitely long. It's it's very tough doing anything over two hours indoors. I I tend to find. How about yourself, Kevin? um yeah I'm, I'm normally pretty comfortable with around about two and then yeah two and a half to three is always is always a bit of a bit of a hard bit of hard work um the longest one i did i don't know exactly off the top of my head how long it was in duration but it was a it was a hundred miles um it was a charity charity event that the zwift did it was a couple of years ago um and they were matching they were basically matching a donation against the amount of mileage covered or something so uh yeah it was it was 100 miles i think it was it was a bit over five hours so yeah pretty pretty hard going i definitely had enough after that three hour mark yeah i um i i i can't profess to having done a particularly long turbo any time in more recent memory um the longest i've done i guess more recently has probably been about two or three hours uh through some of the the rides that um you guys have been hosting on on the zwift with the the, the tri training harder group but before before zwift came along and before when i was actually doing a bit more training myself i have done a fairly certain it's five hours and 36 minutes because it was um a series of three dvds from uh, an old uh training system called spinnables which i think the guy who runs it is still around a guy called troy, troy jacobson uh or jacobson and uh yeah he had three dvds so you had like a an hour and whatever it was 45 minutes in your laptop and then you're like oh quick the dvds change so you kind of run out go for a pee go put all the water back into your water bottles and then jump back onto the bike with a new dvd and go for another couple of hours and then carry on going so yeah the, the longest i think i've done is about five hours and 30 something minutes um and it was called the hardcore 100 so you're meant to be 100 miles emulating 100 miles of all sorts of uh type two fun intervals so uh, yeah I've, I've definitely uh done a few miles on the turbo um which has been both fun at times and uh, less fun at other times but I, I have to say it's definitely a lot more fun uh in the the company of other people so that definitely makes things either other you know physically you get everyone in the same room and do a turbo session uh together i guess a bit more like spinning um or if you, you're able to do something on some of the training platforms like zwift or have people in your ear with discord and things like that so uh so yeah long yeah long i was gonna say the the technology these days definitely makes it a lot easier to go go a bit longer. I was just I remember on a basic turbo trainer just staring at my bedroom wall, thinking that you know two times twenty minutes was a horrendous long, boring session. Whereas now you quite easily that's probably quite easy compared to what some of the longer ones that I do now. Just with like you say training with other people, using Zwift, having movies like so easy just on your phone or your iPad and wireless headphones, and it's just. Well, we'll get onto all of that kind of stuff as well, I'm sure, as we go through. Yeah, definitely. But it's definitely worth pointing out that the technology has massively changed with the kind of 
introduction to kind of gaming on on a bike really um you know that that definitely makes a big big difference and um we can definitely talk about the the opportunities around around that and maybe the ones which have uh, potentially been lost but um it is definitely i guess easier for people to jump onto the turbo um and and do that because of the fact that it is a little bit more fun but also it's a much more normal thing that people do so not only are we seeing more people I guess we are now seeing more people doing turboing as well, but we're seeing a broader range of people. Whereas previously, it was sort of like you were an athlete, you were kind of definitely identified yourself as a cyclist and a triathlete, and you're taking things quite seriously. You'd buy a turbo trainer, um, whack your real wheel onto it, and um, you know, winter wheel, and off you go, kind of thing, and and do an interval session, kind of to heart rate, maybe to power, and sweat quite a lot, and then that was it, being finished. Whereas now, when you look at you know the pain caves that people are posting about and the technology which is in there just to help them get around and that's quite a lot more normal well i mean you didn't have a pain cave really <laughs> back in the day did you but the the fact that you know you, you have the stuff now as you do is, is definitely a lot more normal and the considerations around it are, are way more technological than they were for sure yeah i'd say like i've got countless friends now that are all regularly riding on zwift that yeah 10 15 years ago they'd think i was absolutely bonkers for going going for a ride in my bedroom without going anywhere but but now it's just yeah like you said the marketing's there everyone's heard of Zwift pretty much it's kind of into cycling so it's just it's so popular and yeah should we talk about the reasons why why it's so easy to just jump on the turbo rather than going out on the road maybe yeah I think that's a really good place to start I mean why why is it then that people are actually choosing to turbo we're saying there's more often but why why are they choosing to turbo go for it Kevin um yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess number one is, is convenience, isn't it? I mean, it's if you're lucky enough to have a, a, a permanent setup, um, you know, you can literally just roll out of bed, chuck a pair of bib shorts on, and and stagger stagger down the stairs or wherever whatever you have to do, and then and then that's it, you're away. Um, so for me, that was you know the the, the big driver um, was just literally having it right there. You can get it done. You can do a you can do a session. Um, you know you can get a quality session done. You can get a specific workout done. You can work the power, um, and then you can jump off, have a shower, and then carry on with your day. Um, it's it's just so convenient. I'd say that's the number one reason I think for me. I think that kind of goes both ways. Some of the athletes that I I coach tend to avoid the turbo just because they haven't got the space to leave it set up. So that's a bit of a barrier every morning. Of, I don't want to be getting up at half six to set up the bike ready for uh, the TTH sessions at the start of five to seven, whereas I could just jump straight on the bike and go outside. So it does work both ways. But yeah, I'm the same as you. Mine's set up in the garage. I just have to, I even fill my water bottles up and get them all ready and just grab them, get on the bike. And I'm, I can be from bed to on the trainer in, you know, 10 minutes. It's just mm. so convenient, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and as well, you know, if you, if you have a bit of a think about it, you know, you can sometimes... I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a decent amount of space uh, where we where we currently live. But you know, I've I've definitely seen people setups where it's it's literally shoehorned into the corner of a yeah. of a bedroom or a room or whatever, um, and you, you don't really need much of a footprint to uh, to be able to to sort of squeeze one in. But but yeah, if if you don't have that luxury, then then obviously that that does definitely remove a bit of the convenience. Um, yeah, that's correct. Go on. I was going to say, in our, in our old shed, I, I sort of had my turbo permanently set up, but my wife occasionally used hers. But to kind of save a bit of space, we would just leave her bike with the rear wheel set up and then just bungee the front wheel to the roof. Then it was like nicely out of the way. But I guess you could you could have a similar setup in your lounge. Just you stack the bike vertically. It take, yeah, the, the footprint is actually quite small with the turbo on the ground. Yeah. I've, uh, apologies, my dog's there whining in the background. Um, <laughs> I was uh, going to say that if, if I look back at when I, I chose to get a turbo trainer, it was when I um, started to look into the options of, um, of kind of training and trying to get a bit faster. And I remember my coach at the time was like, if you want to get fast, you need to do hills and you need to do turboing. And so kind of picked up a turbo trainer that way around because of the, we talked about convenience in terms of getting on your bike. And I think especially winter time, it's easier to put on a pair of bib shorts sports bra if you're uh, if you're wearing a sports bra heart rate monitor 
and you're ready to jump on your bike. You know, your bike shoes can be on the bike. You don't need to think about anything else. But wintertime now, you need to think about the 16 different layers you want to put on, the overshoes, make sure your lights are all charged up, make sure you get outside. And then on top of that, you're like, oh, I actually need to go to the toilet now. So go back out, you know, get yourself unchanged again, go to the toilet and then go back into the bike again. So the convenience, obviously, wintertime is, is not just around the kind of the time from bed to, to turbo, if you like, but also kind of the effort of getting ready and then washing the bike down afterwards and everything else. It does make things a lot easier. Um, but I also would say that that convenience around the training as well, that you, you know that you 15, 20 minutes warm up, you can do your X number of intervals and then you can finish again. Um, the, the quality of the training um, is arguably uh, more straightforward unless you live somewhere which is a lot easier to just deliver good quality training sessions, you know, good flat roads, safe roads, nice parks, et cetera, uh, bike parks, et cetera, whatever there is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if I look back at when I first first started getting a turbo trainer, it was it was definitely because it was it was the way to get stronger on the bike, uh, one of the main main reasons. And the benefit was that when it snowed outside, was icy outside or anything it was a bit more risky going out on the bike you could choose to ride and still get a good quality session in or a ride but not worry about the um kind of the risk of falling off or anything as well yeah and i was just going to say that you know for, for the endurance rides as well you know we thought we we're probably sort of like talking around the kind of you know more interval type sessions at the moment but even on the longest stuff um you know the 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 rule of thumb that I've heard, and I don't know exactly how accurate this is, is that, you know, basically if you if you do two hours indoors, it's worth nearly three hours outside because you know there's no there's no freewheeling, there's no you know, there's no taking it easy, there's no sort of that, that load is always there. Um, you know, you haven't got a reason to to back off or stop pedaling indoors, whereas you do sometimes outside. So, so following on from that, I was just going to say like we we've what we decided we decided it's, it's really convenient it's really efficient especially for hitting those those structured intervals you don't have to worry about traffic or um anybody else getting in your way but yeah why do we want to do a long indoor turbo session rather than going out on the roads? So i guess you picked one reason there kevin i wrote down yeah a five hour indoor session is going to be more like yeah seven eight hours on the road or something just because like you say you can't freewheel especially if you're doing You've got your trainer set in erg mode we can we'll talk about different setups you could use later on i guess but yeah philip why why would you why would you give an athlete a long indoor endurance ride so i i would generally say that um I, i'd set an athlete a ride if they choose to do it indoors or outdoors that's probably more on on them um if if we touch on types of sessions um or kind of some of the perks around it a little bit later on there might be a specific long ride i'll be looking at but i'm trying to look and see kind of that decoupling point within the heart rate and the power that they're doing which would be more of a deliberate one this is a long ride this needs to be on the turbo but um actually for the most part i just set them a ride if they choose to do it on the turbo it's probably because it's more of a convenient thing for them listing the reasons above that we've discussed uh, than anything else I do think that the points raised around you're actually pedaling the whole time is is not to be undermined. Um, mm. And also, not only are you pedaling, but there's a resistance applied to the wheel. Whereas if you're pedaling on the flat um, when you're uh, when you're riding around uh, at home or not at home, outside your home probably, you're going to find that you can freewheel for a long time. Whereas on the turbo, you're not going to have that effect quite so much because you've got a little bit more resistance. So you do have more resistance on the whole pedal stroke, as well as the fact that you have um, to do the pedaling all the time. So there's definitely some strength gains to be had that or power gains, depending how you look at that one from a, from a becoming a more powerful uh, or a stronger rider. Um, do I ever sort of say, oh, well, if this says three hours and you do, and you're doing it on the turbo, that's only a two hours. No, <laughs> because if you're it's, it's, yes you will if you have my kind of those points where you pause your freewheel you know if you're coming into an a station you're probably going to be pedaling and then you're going to freewheel to get the um uh the water bottle at the a stations all those little things they do add up and so you can then start saying well actually what was your average power for the ride when you include all those sort of small little sort of freewheeling sections as well but i wouldn't necessarily reduce the the time down just because they're inside it's a you're doing a three-hour ride you're doing a two-hour ride a five-hour ride it doesn't matter um 
and, and just recognize that you're probably going to see some slightly better numbers out of that because they're pedaling a bit longer or you're going to have a more true representation of what they can actually do for that duration so um so yeah i wouldn't set directly a long turbo session on its own i'd set the the long ride as it as it was and and as and the importance of that long ride within a training program obviously context of athlete but that still exists Yeah, I remember going through, I went through a phase of doing exactly the opposite where I would say, uh, you know, three hours indoor, three, 45 outdoor and everything for every single workout I'd put on there, but it becomes a bit too labor intensive. And yeah, and now I kind of leave it up to the athletes to decide um, if they want to get a bit longer, if they are riding outside or just adjust it slightly because, yeah, it depends on where you live and the kind of training you've got set up as well. If you, especially if you're on a, one of the previous trainers we're talking about with a really heavy flywheel and you're just constantly trying to keep that flywheel moving compared to some of the more modern smart trainers where once you get it up to speed it's a little bit easier and i guess if you're riding in zwift as well riding a free ride riding around the circuit uh, doing a group ride or whatever then you are you are going to get those little breaks uh with the descent especially if you're using the super the super tuck feature on zwift and things like that compared to you know if your coach has just set you um a workout at you know something endurance 65 percent uh power target and you've just got to hit whatever it is 200 watts the whole way and then that's going to be a little bit more um tiring just because you haven't got the those, those spinning breaks in the middle but I, I guess we can talk about how we make it physically a little bit easier um at some stage in this chat so that's where you can mix it up a little bit with different things freewheeling getting off stretching taking breaks all that kind of stuff. Do you want to do you want to kind of talk about that now? Yeah, I was going to say, what what are the opportunities? We sort of said, well, I mean, I think we've just basically agreed that we're not setting, we're not necessarily setting a long turbo. We're just setting a long ride for the benefits of the long ride. So, what are the benefits then of doing the the ride on the turbo? What what does that turbo offer beyond we've mentioned convenience? But you know, practically, there's a convenience thing you can jump on. It's easy to go and get started. If it's cold, you don't have to wear so many layers, um, et cetera. But in terms of the actual training and the indoor training, the opportunities that, that arrive, arise from doing that as an indoor training opportunity, what are they, uh, would you say, Kevin, how, how do they kind of come together? Um, what, so what benefit do you get actually purposely doing it indoors? Yeah, rather exactly. Than, rather than out. Um, from a training effect point of view, um, you know, I guess we talked about the pedal stroke. Um, I, I found that, um, you know, living, living where I do, um, where there's a lot of climbing, um, I found that has been, it's been very beneficial to do some do the turbo training um, because in my mind, uh, you know, climbing climbing up a, a gradient is, is very similar to being on a, on a turbo trainer because, like you mentioned earlier, Philip, you got that basically that constant pedal load um, all the time. So, you know, getting used to sort of turning the pedals at a certain power on the turbo is, is very similar to, to having to ride up an incline where you know you just if you if you back off at any point during the pedal stroke, you slow down and you can really feel that. So. I'd say that that would be one one benefit um, you could specifically get from from indoor training. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow on with the, follow on with a few more. I think if I had an athlete that came to me that was preparing for some like ultra endurance cycling event, you know, like the the Trans Am or GB Duro or something, I think setting them a six hour indoor turbo is going to be just such a great opportunity to test their their sort of mental resilience and things like that just six hours or five hours like we said in the in the, in the intro is just a long time to be like kevin just said there trying to keep the pedals moving so i think like the mental side of being indoors is so tough um so we could talk about later how how you get through that kind of thing um so that's one one reason I, I would use it um i think it's also a great opportunity to to test things out like philip you alluded to looking for that aerobic decoupling and you can it's a lot easier to do it indoors because it's not going to be affected by those freewheeling moments and things like that and then i think on top of that you can do things like really testing out different nutrition strategies because you know you're not going to be affected by going up and down hills or 
different weathers. You know what the weather's going to be like in your bedroom or wherever you are. So you can really nail down those nutrition, hit exactly on your plan. Every 20 minutes, you're going to take so-and-so. Um, and same sort of thing with like practicing aero, aerodynamic uh, different positions, trying to hold those extended periods of time. Whereas out on the road, you would you know, have to come out of the saddle to climb or whatever. And on the turbo, there's no, you just can hold those positions as long as you want. And then on top of the nutrition thing, I think a long ride like this, I've just been writing a blog on sweat testing and fluid management and all this kind of kind of stuff. So check that out on the website. It's going to be coming out soon. Um, but yeah, doing a long indoor ride is a great opportunity to test out those hydration strategies that you've learned from any previous sweat testing. And then to see what kind of data you can get from a you know a five, six hour ride, weigh yourself before and after that, you you quite a big margin for error with the amount of food you're going to be eating as well and toilet breaks and things like that but it would be quite interesting I think to see how much weight you did lose or how much weight you managed to not lose by hydrating well through such a long ride like that could give you some interesting data for for future races and things yeah I think the that point around a controlled environment is really important um and, and plays into a lot of the things that we've just spoken about it's a controlled environment so you have to pedal all the time is a controlled environment so you can do testing around well i tried this last week with my nutrition i tried this this week and it you know it's different it's, it's worked better or it's not worked better um it's a controlled environment so you can work on your bike position your in aerodynamics um you know are, are you actually comfortable because if you can hold a position on the on the stationary bike which isn't wobbling and you're not getting those slightly adjust you know, slight adjustments as you wiggle uh, around a pothole or anything you know then it will be really comfortable out on the road um, so there's definitely some really good things which come out of the turbo and t- doing a long turbo ride because it's a, c- a controlled environment. Um, I think that the mental side of it is is a really big part of it. I mean, I um, recall back before the times when you had you know, Zwift, you you might play a DVD to kind of keep yourself occupied. Or in the instance I mentioned earlier, you can um, you know, watch some some DVDs. Um, some people might not even know what a DVD player is, but we used to have these things on the disc which you could uh, you could watch films and stuff on, a bit like Netflix, but um, only one. Um, <laughs> so you know you you could go and put put a DVD on what, watch something like that, which is which is fine. But I remember we used to maybe on the shorter ones at, at university there was this the small foyer room which was two story, and we had um and whenever it was really really cold, obviously we we couldn't go out. It was icy and snowy, and so we kind of get into the this sort of area and just smash a session for an hour, hour and a half. And the idea would be we could finish as soon as we'd raise the steam on the window, the condensation up the second story. And that was just, okay, we've done enough work today. So away we go. So we kind of wanted those cold hall days because it made it a lot easier to generate a little bit more heat relative to the outdoor temperature to get out. But um, that mental side of things is really, really, really hard. Uh, you know, when you're riding um, and you're, you're going outside, it's really easy to be distracted by stuff and um you know look, look at the whatever it might be to your left or to your right or not realize that you're going slightly downhill and you lose your power or something whereas on the indoor trainer it, especially if you've got something which is giving you power right up in front of you 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 just have to ride at said intensity heart rate power whatever it might be speed of that whatever it is that you're using as your as your metric just holding that speed or time is is a really important focal focus um, training session, if you like. So it's working that mental um, focus and the ability just to to do what you need to do. Which, when you come to racing, especially when you look at long course athletes, being able to stay in the moment, be patient, and be focused are really key, critical parts of long course athlete performance. So um, that controlled environment really helps you with that mental mental sort of um, awareness should we say of what's going on i know we, we kind of wanted to touch on a few of the top tips around that a little bit later on but uh it's definitely worth saying that an advantage of doing it indoors is you really can look at it because there's no hiding from it which is why some people don't like turboing i guess then when, when you when you do go and race an ironman and you say you have you've been really punishing yourself by you know just focusing on your numbers or not having a dvd on and everything you're, you're going to find it a lot more mentally stimulating having stuff going around so it's, it's good to practice right honing back in on what you need to think about during the race with trying to avoid those distractions like you said well one of the other things you can do I and mean, this is definitely not something that something like zwift as a platform can do but other platforms can 
uh, is you can start downloading the course that you're doing yourself and watch it, you know, ride at that speed or, you know, actually get to know the course. So you've got an opportunity for course familiarization. Um, you know, at the extreme, that might be you got to go and travel to South America to see what that course is like from your home in, in the UK or go across to the south of France or where, wherever it is you're, you're ra racing to sort of see the course and get a feel for it. So you, you become more accustomed to the location. Um, it won't take away the, the kind of the knowledge and the skills that you have about descending or going around corners and stuff, but it gives you a really good idea that they are coming up and you know where you are on the course. And that really helps in terms of your, your mental focus through a, through a ride because you can start breaking it down and you know where you are much more easily. Um, in the extreme of that, I know that um, kind of a good tip for someone wanting to see the hour record is taking a video of a black line going round and round and round the loop and just playing that because you're training your mind to be totally and utterly bored from that one one thing that you can see that black line staying arrow and just putting the numbers down and that's your hour record uh, so you know you can really use the uh the trainer in a controlled environment to work on these things you, you couldn't do that outdoors you just really couldn't you probably don't want to do it indoors either to be fair <laughs> yeah i think you'd have to keep that for a very very occasional session <laughs> Because I think, you know, going back to John's point, my, my view is that, you know, I guess you can definitely want to do, do the mental training side of things. But, but I, would, I would say that, you know, the, the amount of stimulation and interest you get riding outdoors, because, you know, for a lot of people, myself included, you know, just, it's just nice to get out on a bike. You know, people enjoy that. They enjoy moving. They enjoy being outside. It's, it's, it's fun in, on most occasions. And I know on a race day, you've got that to think about. But I'd say, you know, the amount of interest you get from riding outside is, is just so much higher than indoors. My, my view is, yeah, do the mental training, but I, I, I'd say on, on, on most occasions, you know, make it as, make it as convenient and as, as fun and as interesting as you can indoors to, to enable you to get those, those, those multiple long indoor sessions done. Um, you know, it's, you want the, the key thing is to get to, to get get thicker, get them done and get through them, um, rather than be you know a hardcore. I'm going to sit on my turbo and stare at the wall for five hours every time um, to show how yeah. tough I am. In, in silence, nothing at all, just sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I I, I, I do agree with you that one. I, I mean, one one additional thing with that control thing as well is the the fact that if you are doing a control environment and you're racing in a race abroad um you can actually start tweaking the environment that you're training in to be a little bit more like it so heat training is a really obvious one i mean we talk about top tips later in cooling um but actually the opposite is also true in terms of i need to acclimatize for a race so i can get myself a little bit more uh more warm uh, i guess also if you wanted to and you're racing at altitude you could look into altitude training as well um which is a lot easier to lug an altitude um either, well, either tent or a or device you know, on a turbo than it is on, a, on an actual ride, unless you are where Kevin is, in which case you can go riding outside and up a little bit and then you're there. Um, yeah, I guess that, that'll link in with John's comment about testing sweat rates as well. You can, you know, you can, you can test that in, in, in your home and in, in your convenience without having to, to go away and find a 30 degree holiday destination to ride your bike in. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's, there's lo there are lots of opportunities around that controlled environment uh, piece, which John sort of kicked us off with, I think, that um, you really can do. But Kevin, I would totally agree with what you said just then. It's got to be fun. Um, for some people, looking at a black line in a 30-degree room with no music and everything else on might be exactly their idea of fun, and that's absolutely fine. But um, if you are someone who's starting to think about going longer on the turbo, um, then I guess what are those top tips? What 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 can they think about doing in order to get make things a lot easier or uh, make the first sort of steps into longer times on the bike? Or they're struggling to break you know an hour an hour or two hours on the turbo because they just get bored. Yeah, I was going to say if if I had no music or entertainment and just staring at a black line, I think I'd, I'd be getting off after about ten minutes probably. It sounds pretty horrendous. Um, yeah, I'll just go through a few of my top tips for trying to extend the time that I'd want to be on there from a, like a getting bored point of view rather than the the sort of physical stuff that we all come to later i guess um but the main one for me is uh how i break down any sort of endurance event or long thing that i'm going to be doing like just breaking it down into chunks 
So I'm doing a five-hour ride, and you can break it down to whatever you want. But hours, half an hour sections, just only focusing on that that particular section that you're on, and then take them one at a time. And with that, you, you can give each one a different different focus. Maybe um, first couple might be really nailing that nutrition at the start of the ride, and then you might you might bring some drills in. I think I think drills can really break it up, especially. Um, yeah, sat there in the same position for a long time. So you might be focusing on error. You might be changing your cadence every 10 minutes, just altering it a little bit higher, a little bit lower, just something that you can just focus on for that that small period. And then, right, I'm going to go on to focusing something on, on something else, whether that's pedal stroke or putting in some standing drills, which physically will really help just moving around on the saddle. Um, so yeah, that, that was my first top tip, just breaking it down into chunks. Kevin, what, what would you go for next? Um, I guess I guess we've already touched on the kind of the sort of entertainment side of things, you know. Philip's Philip's got his DVDs. Um, you know, the rest of us might um, have have some sort of more up to date media sort of systems. But um, yeah, I mean, another thing, I, one thing I just noted down is is watch a triathlon, or I mean, or, or or a bike race. I find that I find that quite quite sort of helpful just because you know it literally puts you in that environment and you'll naturally find yourself picking up the pace when when others pick up the pace or when something interesting happens um i mean obviously you can you can watch anything you like you know you can watch films you can watch youtube you can watch netflix whatever but i think um you know just just for something slightly different that that does often help um you know i quite often i quite often when um when races are being broadcast, you know, um, if there's an if there's an Iron Man to be to be to be watched, then um, hopefully the commentary won't get too annoying. But um, you know, put that on the background and, and just watch that, and that, that's that's quite a quite a good way of, of sort of like while a few hours away. Yeah, I think doing the depending what it is that you want to do. Obviously, DVDs are less and less nowadays. Um, but you know, podcasts or watching watching the sport or something, it can be a great way of combining a couple of different things if you have stuff that you want to do as well as do your training. Uh, I mean, I definitely know some people do wear headphones and stuff outside, but I personally really would be uncomfortable doing that around um, uh, on outside because of obviously the risk of traffic and not hearing what's going on around you. But again, on the um, <laughs> from relieving a boredom perspective, that that really helps. Um, I think also. If you think about it, people, yes, if they do like going outside for a bike ride, that will help. But quite often um, when they go outside, they have the same sort of questions around trying to get into doing long rides. And there's almost a bit of a glass ceiling there as well at the same time. So it's about going back to what helps you get through that initially. And sometimes, uh, you know, Zwift or Ruby or whichever the, the devices, the, the platform that you're using, they can do loops or routes. And that can be really helpful to sort of say, well, do this. 30k loop today and that'll be an hour and 15 minutes i'll do you know 40k one tomorrow that might be closer to an hour and 45 or tomorrow the day after um, and you can slowly build up mileage a bit more in the same way as you would do if you were trying to do um do things outdoors like it's very it's very easy if you say go and do a, an hour and a half ride to be like well that was an hour and 27 minutes or you know that's close enough or that was an hour and 15 can't be bothered to do the last 15 minutes those 15 minutes won't really matter but if you kind of have it as a loop that you're doing you have to get home uh, and in the same way if you're looking at it on a, one of these platforms you still can look at saying well i'll just do this loop and then well i've only got another 6k until i finish and it becomes in the same way as john you started off saying i would break things down you've sort of you've broken things down by doing one of the loops which i think really helps as well yeah i was going to say um to carry on from Kevin's sort of ent different entertainment options and media options and things. So you can say, yeah, I love all of those things for the, the longer rides, watching movies, watching bike races, watching Ironman podcasts. I actually upgraded my my pain cave slightly recently with the actually got a proper, not a Wahoo table, an equivalent cheaper version. But it's great having the laptop right there rather than I'm slightly reaching off to the side. It's all a bit awkward. Um, but now I do quite a lot of reading now when I'm doing endurance rides, reading blogs, reading um, articles, things like that. Um, but I can only do that if it's if it's easy. If it starts getting like anywhere near tempo, it's like I can't read. Um, 
and then the opposite is that I, I can't watch anything if I'm doing anything like hard anything like more than sweet spot I just, just have, have to switch to blasting music out for the like the high intensity stuff I don't know if you guys are the same in that regard oh I'm yeah. wild I hate music when I'm training I just see yeah, it has to be me my own mind and just kind of crack on I, I it just almost it becomes a distraction it's music but I'm odd. I appreciate that because Emma and I look at each other and like, what are you doing, Philip? So just, just training. What are you doing? Just listening to music. No, I'm training too. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, I'm odd in that, that capacity. But um, no, I agree about the easy. It's, it's, I mean, if you look at it from a coaching point of view, go out there and do an easy ride. Oh, I don't want to do an easy ride for that much time on a turbo. It's cold. It's wet outside. Whatever the, the reason is, you're not you know, outside if that's not what you want to do. Um, you know, it's a great measure of saying, well, don't go too hard. Easy is easy. Sorry, Kevin, I interrupted you then. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you, John. I, I, I keep the kind of, the low intensity rides are definitely um, for sort of films and watching stuff. But I actually, okay, if you ever get an email from me and, and the spelling is atrocious, I'll, yeah. I'll just, hang on one second, I'll just, hopefully I won't drop my phone here. Let's turn it around. I'll just show you my setup briefly. Um, I've actually got, I mean, you can see that there, just next to the sweat towel. I've got a little, a little keyboard that I've just sort of suspended between between the handlebars and a bit of wood. So, uh, so you might you might occasionally get the odd email from me that's been that's been written whilst whilst swifting. Uh, and obviously, we've got a couple of screens going on over there, so you can play Zwift and watch your YouTube, do whatever, um, whatever else. Um, what else we got in there? Headphones. Headphones all plugged in, ready to go. If you want to listen to something, um, and then just the the obligatory um, three sets of fans that we talked about, just uh, to make sure everything's everything's cool. But um, just flip that back around. But yeah, it's um, I definitely definitely follow the same sort of pattern. Anything hard, um, if it's a hard effort to be done, then you kind of can't really do the distraction thing. And in that case, I'd, I'd much rather sort of sign up for a, a group ride and, and, you know, follow wheels in Zwift or, or do a, a, a much longer race. And then you've got people to follow. And it's, it's, that's, that's what gives me the kind of interest or, or distraction um, when you've got the, the higher intensity levels. I think that, that that works though as well for the long stuff as well. If you're someone who's gone out for a long ride, um, you go to the club, you definitely go faster or longer than you would do normally. Um, and the same is true in Zwift, not necessarily that the speed is what you want to get out of it, but at the very least, if you go out there and you then end up doing a three hour ride because you've been on one of the group ones, which was, which are managed well, so that the pace is correct, you end up doing the workout that you want or need to do, which is the time in the saddle, but you, you've not necessarily gone, um, and got distracted or slowed down or anything you've actually got that motivation to keep up with the wheel in front and you keep on going and before you know it, you've done an hour and you know like, well, this is actually a little bit more fun than i thought it was going to be and it's the same in real life if you end up going outside yeah um so yeah so go on john well i've just got one more point on the men mental thing and you just touched on it there with the the group riding picking picking a general swift group ride or uh, if those listening or watching don't know about our try training harder like virtual group then there's pretty much always a bunch of people on a Sunday going out for at least two hours so just if you've got a five-hour ride schedule why not start with two hours with other people just chatting on discord at least it before you know it that first two hours is gone and then I've, I've got to just mix it up so ride on Zwift for a bit if you use other platforms maybe you switch over to them and stick a movie on at the same time just we'll turn um turn your smart trainer right down to like zero percent so that you're not affected by the hills and Zwift. you can just watch the movie without getting distracted um or even like if you're lucky enough to have a turbo and a, a set of rollers you could you could always do two hours on the turbo and then jump on the rollers for half an hour or just just mixing it up it's going to make it the time go a lot quicker i think in the same way as breaking it into chunks just yeah like i say a bit of drills here a bit of a movie here just try and keep it as interesting as possible really I was going to just pick up what you said about the rollers. I think the, the one big thing that we'd all say is, as coaches is the like, negative around doing it all on, on the trainer. And there are some really good positives other the fact that you end up building up a really good engine. 
Um, but the the level of control of said engine is is not the same as the Ferrari engine that you've just put inside it. Um, so you end up having, uh, you know, quite quite commonly, and we we saw it in a huge way actually in the last couple of years of training camps before uh, COVID, where Swifting was becoming more of a thing. People were doing more training indoors on the bike, and then they come out to us in in springtime down in the Algarve, and they'd end up. Uh, really struggling with their bike handling um, is probably the polite way of doing it. And I'm sure that cyclists would have a less polite way of explaining how triathletes are with their bike handling. But they would, it was a noticeable drop off in terms of the ability that somebody had handling the bike over the course of those sort of two or three years as the indoor training kind of push became bigger and bigger. So there is a real gain to be had around that bike handling aspect of it. Uh, and you can't really get that on a turbo no matter how hard you try you're cornering your skills and i know alan plugging in lots of things and try training harder alan had his uh, bike handling skills thing down in bath this weekend he's got a few more lined up um before the season starts you know focusing on the bike handling because it's such an important part of free speed um but that is just it's worth highlighting john there that that is obviously the the big downside that you don't get that from a, a kind of a, a biking thing so there is a, a gap there in terms of skill set but that's still something you can work on um, so you mentioned there were some physical um, top tips. Um, I saw I saw Kevin put the, um, the the fan behind him. So is there an advantage to having a tailwind behind you, Kevin, when you have your yeah. fan set up there? That, that's that's my that's my mental assistance. Yeah, 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 I've always got a tailwind. No, that's actually that's actually because when we're doing our um, our try training harder sessions, like John said, when you're on Discord, I'm trying to keep the fans away from the microphone on my headphones. So that. That's the idea for that. But, but tailwind is always good, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so what are what, what are the kind of I guess tips in terms of that um, physical approach to one of these longer uh, sessions, John? You you sort of said you you had a couple. Yeah, there's loads of things you can do. Like like we're saying, you, you lose your bike handling skills indoors, but you, you're also not sat in the the same position like you would be out on the road. You're not moving around. You're just sat in that static position so yeah what you mentioned earlier about uh moving a little bit coming out of the saddle i think it's a good idea to you know set a, maybe you don't have to set a reminder but set a certain time period when you're going to do that maybe come out of the saddle every 10 minutes or just shift your weight around or even get completely off the bike every hour something like that have a quick stretch because if you're going to be doing up to five six hours in that one position it's gonna be a great training ride but you could cause a little niggle to occur as well just from maybe a little bit of overuse there's other things technologically that you, you could try as well like there's um i can't remember who makes them now is it saris that make a sort of a rocker plate that goes under your turbo so when you're moving around it gives you a more realistic outdoor kind of feel so that that could help in that regard in the same way as the um the kicker climb that makes your front wheel rise a little bit up and down obviously those things cost money i've seen all sorts of hacks of sticking tennis balls under under the bottom of the turbo or uh you know sticking the yellow pages if that still exists under the under the front wheel just to rise up a little bit to to stimulate going up a climb um just because you are you are using slightly different muscles when um when you're in those different positions so that, that'd be uh my first couple of tips i've got a few more kevin have you got any any others um yeah i'd say a couple really that are sort of interrelated um I'd, I'd say wear your best pair of shorts um because you know like like you said john you are you are going to be you know even if you remember to get up out the saddle every now and again um you're probably going to be spending most of the time just sat in that one position on on the saddle so i'd say you know a, a decent a decent quality pair of, of, of bib shorts um with a nice, a nice solid um, chamois is, is probably sort of invaluable um, from, from from my my point of view, um, and then kind of linked to the the sort of indoor indoor sweatiness of the whole thing, um, you know, basically if you are if you are indoors and you are going to be getting quite sweaty, um, obviously that's that's just increasing the increasing the, the chances of friction building up so uh you know don't be don't be shy about using chamois cream or something like that um just just to make sure you know you don't get 
uh, sort of you know something unpleasant happening halfway through your ride where you just think oh this is just too uncomfortable i'm gonna have to stop um so I, i'm i'm nearly more disciplined with that sort of thing um indoors than i am for outdoor rides to be honest yeah i i, I kind of think that comfort level is really really key to be be that bib shorts be that um making sure the temperature is about right it's always warmer once you've started so kind of you want the room to be a little bit chilled um or feel a little bit chilly when you jump on it's a bit like when you go for a ride as well except you don't have that constant wind flow um airflow over you to cool you down outside which can change but i think that comfort thing can be really again important because if you get distracted because you are too hot or you've got uh, a saddle sore or things don't feel very comfortable then that all kind of is it's just going to be things which stop you from actually wanting to continue with that longer ride or or kind of not kind of continue with it um the other thing as well is just think about what you you talked about the planning around nutrition but um make sure you've got it there and then kind of <laughs> yes you can jump off and you know have a leg stretch or something like that which is brilliant and that's fine but equally just put you know two three four bottles if you work out what you're going to do you working out your sweat rates as john said check out his article um or um you're gonna you trying a nutrition nutrition plan if you've got it all there you can just tick it off and go through it but that will actually make your time easier as well because you'll be more comfortable on the bike yeah i was gonna, it, I was gonna say there's not you can't go into one of these extended long rides willy-nilly it, it, it's, it's a serious undertaking you need to plan it properly like you say getting all your bottles out thinking about exactly when you're gonna or how much you need to take on and that that and um with the the saddle sore thing i, I learned to keep my chamois cream within arm's reach because i had a terrible saddle sore last last season which which was fixed with a new saddle um which leads on to my next point is if you're going to be going this long hopefully by now you've already got a proper bike fit because if you're going to be undertaking these with it, uh, a bike fit that's not quite right then yeah it's going to be a bit of a disaster so that'd be that'd be obviously step one um before we get get to this stage um and yeah i, I was just going to mention quickly physically as well we talked about joining group rides we talked about riding with others, others on zwift but they might not be doing a six-hour ride so make sure you're pacing it properly pace it sensibly if you're if you're not using erg mode and you are doing a free ride and uh yeah like you would on the road take it easier on the hills don't surge that's just gonna make it a, whole, a long long day out if you start feeling the the burn on those last few hours so yeah pace it properly and just think about that would be another point yeah that's a great point <laughs> with all these competitive people um who we know yeah that's a really fantastic point which definitely probably needs to be reiterated a few times. Um, nice. Well, I I um, I think that sort of covered quite a few nice uh, nice sort of points really around uh, what what someone wanting to take on a sort of five hour long ride, whatever that long might be. That could be one hour and five minutes, or that could be five hours and whatever minutes. It could be Everesting. It could be all sorts of different things um, on the survey. So I think that's been. Uh, really helpful. Kevin, is there anything else that you'd sort of summarise with, or John, anything you'd summarise with for, for people? I've got one more point. Um, did a little bit of quick reading on the uh, super extended rides, and I came, I stumbled across this fact that I, I, it's not verified whatsoever, but I thought it was quite interesting. Maybe let's see what your opinion is on this one. Um, you know, how we're, we're talking about fans and ventilation and everything. Um, you basically you don't want to be doing this in a room with a closed window closed door and everything because if you're going to be in there for five six hours and that, yeah the, the heat the heat training element of it is, is different but you're going to be taking in a lot of oxygen and pushing out a lot of co2 and yeah there's, there's cracks in your windows and everything so it's gonna it's gonna cycle but there's gonna be a lot of co2 building up if you haven't you know you've got your garage door open or whatever so just, just be mindful of that because this article was saying that um just that build up of CO2 would like dramatically increase the RPE of the ride as well. So, and have other physiological consequences as well. Obviously, if it gets dramatically increased levels, but something to bear in mind with the airflow, making sure you've got fresh air coming in as well from outside. Um, yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. <laughs> what about you guys? Add, add hypoxic training to the uh, to the <laughs> list of benefits of uh, <laughs> indoor training. 
Yeah, so we, we suddenly now just see a whole bunch of people taping up the windows and making sure they can <laughs> yeah. get their own free uh, or cheaper version of a, an altitude chamber. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, no, I mean, as you say, it, it sounds plausible. How plausible is always questionable. But um, I, I think I would look at it more from the heat perspective than anything else. That, that will be the thing which will change the RPE a lot more. Um, yeah. and, and so you're sort of seeing a lot of changes going on unnecessarily. So you find it a lot less comfortable and a lot less fun. Um, but I think if you're going to start doing these sort of longer rides, try and work out the best way to make it fun, have a, a binge session lined up on your favorite, um, series or a couple of, uh, trilogies or whatever, Lord of the Rings would be a nice long one. You get lots of riding out of Lord of the Rings, um, over the course of how many they, they've done four films, isn't it? The Hobbit. Anyway, um, you know, you choose, choose whatever it is that um, which helps you get through it, and and don't necessarily for the first few worry about what your numbers are or what it is other than time in the saddle, which, as we were talking about at the very beginning, I think counts really more than anything else. You know, if you're time trialing, technically speaking, you should be head down, pushing out the pa uh, the pedal the whole way. You shouldn't really be thinking about when am I going to be easing up or anything because that's free opportunity to go faster unless you're breaking into a corner. So. If you're looking at racing, then actually a turbo like this is a great opportunity to practice it. Yeah, and most, undoubtedly. Most triathlons last longer than an hour, so uh, on the bike. So, for most yeah, I think, I think I think my closing statement would be: if you if you can manage a long ride indoors, then like I say, riding or racing outdoors is going to be <laughs> a doddle, really. If you can if you can sustain it indoors, then you're going to you're going to be away. Definitely agree with that. I think um, it's uh, even even if you haven't gone for the sort of staring at the wall option, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a big achievement to be able to knock out a, a long duration ride like that. Um, it definitely definitely takes you a long way and adds, adds a lot of benefit. Yeah. Excellent. Well, for a final plug, then if you are wanting a bit more. Uh, support in doing some of those longer rides then please feel free to head over to our website and check out the uh, the virtual club uh, or virtual squad sorry which we have for um, for some of those virtual rides or support there around the training so uh, you can join Kevin uh, myself and John who lead some of those rides through the week and a few of the other coaches as well so maybe see you over there but obviously any questions just shout otherwise thank you very much for joining us in this afternoon's episode of uh, coaches on the couch and we will catch up with you later thank you very much Thanks, guys. Thank you. The Believe Strive Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at trytrainingharder. Thanks for listening.